Well, I was really blessed by everything that has gone on this morning. Um, by the way, it was, just, it was excellent. And I think with anything that has to do with the Holy Spirit, when Jesus is being lifted up, he's going to draw all men unto him. And we have got to keep the main thing the main thing, and that is Jesus. He is coming back physically, okay? And he's going to rule over the entire world. I can't wait because whew, it's wild right now. So as I was driving home a couple of weeks ago from work, um, I felt like God was talking to me about wanting to study about Rahab. Um, if any of you guys know your Old Testament, she was living in the city of Jericho at the time that Joshua and that new generation was coming in to conquer that land because it was the promise that was given to Abraham, I believe, over 400 years ago before then. So the time was coming. So the Lord was just kind of uh, dropping this into my spirit and wanting me really to kind of dig deep into this. And, and I'm hoping that um, you know, the spirit of revelation would just come upon each one of us, that we'd be able to glean those things which come out of here. Um, I'm always, like I told Caleb this morning, I'm always nervous coming up here. I don't want to look like an idiot. And I just want to make sure this is simple and it's good. And it comes from the Lord. So, let us go ahead and start in Joshua chapter 2. And I'm reading out of the uh, New King James. And I'm the type of guy, too, that has grown up believing just reading the Word is going to do something for your soul. There's a cleansing aspect to it. All right? It changes the way that we think. But you have to activate that through faith. Okay, so just hear the word of the Lord, and um, I'll just start talking, and we'll get through it. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went, and they came to the house of the harlot, the harlot for some of you guys is a prostitute, named Rahab, and they stayed there. And it was told the king of Jericho, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to go search out the country. So the king of Jericho went to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house. For they have come to search out all the country. Okay, so they had heard about this tribe that had come out of Egypt. Okay, the day was coming. And he actually had a pretty good spy system set up here. It says, the woman took the two men, the two spies, and hid them. And she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut. And when it was dark, that the men went out. And where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But instead she had taken them and brought them on the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the fords. And as soon as the, they, those who had pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. And we'll move down a little bit longer. 
And this is where Rahab is talking to the two spies in verse 9. She said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you this land. And that the terror of the Lord has fallen on all of us. And all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water out of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the other two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Just now, therefore, I beg and swear to me by the Lord, since I've shown you kindness, that you will show me kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. Spare my father, spare my mother, and my brothers and their family, and my sister and all their family. So the two spies answered her, Our lives for yours, if you tell none of this business of ours. And it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Nate, if you go ahead and kind of let that down. So she let him down by the rope of the window that was on the city wall, and she told him where to go. Let's go on further on down. Verse 18 says, unless, this is what the spies are saying, unless when we come into the land that you bind this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and unless you bring your father and your mother and your brothers, your sisters and all your father's household into your home, that anyone who goes outside of the doors of your house in the street, their blood is going to be on their own head. And we will be guiltless. So she let them down, and off they went. And you guys know a lot of the other story. They made their way back to Joshua. And the two spies said to Joshua, truly, and this is verse 24, they said to Joshua, truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands. For indeed, all of the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. So, there is so much in there that happened from the time that the spies came and looked over Jericho, met with Rahab the prostitute, and made their way back to Joshua. But one of the things that really struck me about this was that Rahab... She couldn't have been more than maybe in her 20s or her 30s. All these incidents that she was talking about before, about the Jews crossing the Red Sea, God delivering them out of Egypt, the two kings that they defeated was all from 40 years ago. She wasn't even alive during that time. Yet she heard that word. She heard this passed down from 40 years ago. That the people of God were on their way. And they were coming. And for her, for Rahab, a woman who was not a Jew, obviously. She was a Canaanite. She heard these words. And what did it do to her? Faith was activated in her heart. 
And instead of her heart trembling with fear and doing nothing, she began to believe in the God of the Israelites. Something happened to her. Even though she continued doing the things she was doing, being a prostitute, and everyone in the city knew about it, okay, God had called her and he chose her. And I want to kind of stop right there and want you guys to think that I don't want you guys to ever believe that it was you searching for God your whole life, okay, and then you found him. He was searching for you. He is the one that has called us. Okay? And then that seed, that little seed, that mustard seed of faith, came from heaven. And that's when we begin to believe. It is a gift of God. And this happened with Rahab. So, again, later on, you know, we look, I like visuals a lot, I think, especially for young people. And people like myself, I like to be able to see things. There's always been kind of a criticism, just preach the word, which is great. You should be able to preach the word. But I think that our minds and our senses also at times need to be activated. They need to be able to engage in visuals. Now, one of the scriptures in Peter, where he says, we have these in samples, not examples, but in samples. It was something that you could visually go out and look at. So when he was talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, which was over 2,000 years after they were destroyed, you could still go out in the land of Israel and see where those cities were at. It was something that you can look at and see for yourself. Okay? So that's just kind of who I am. I like those type of things. But I want you guys to really consider that there's so much of the gospel within this. And it speaks to us. And one of the warnings, too, that comes along with this is that that generation that preceded the children of Israel that were moving into the promised land, they were promised by God Almighty to go in there and to take it. It was that time that was promised all the way back with Abraham where God said, the time or the sin of the Amorites has not reached that point yet, but judgment is coming. Another four generations even in God's judgment, there was still mercy. They were given a 40-year reprieve because of the sins of that generation of the Jews who didn't believe. The ten spies who didn't believe, okay? And you guys remember Joshua and Caleb. They were the only two, that entire generation, that made it. That entire generation was supposed to go in there and get their inheritance. And there's a warning there for us as well. That, yes, thank God for his call. Thank God that you might know what God wants you to do in this life. But do not forsake. Do not live in unbelief. Because just like those guys died in the wilderness, okay, we might not be able to accomplish the things of God because of unbelief as well. We need to be like Joshua and Caleb. That when they saw the land, okay, and just like these other uh, 40 years later, the two new spies went to land. They said, this land is ours. The promises that we were given, these guys are going to be bread for us. They're not going to eat us. We're going to get them because God promised that. So even during that time when all those guys <laughs> missed the promises of God, 
I still believe they died in faith. I just that's something in my own heart because I believe God's mercy triumphs over judgment. Okay, but they did miss the high calling of God in their life. Joshua and Caleb didn't though. They were old men, but they were still strong. And this new generation that their parents thought was going to like get eaten up by the giants in the land, they said no, they're going to take it. So. As we look at the scarlet rope that was hung outside of Rahab's, her house, her house is built on the wall. She was, it's kind of neat. So she could look out. And they hung this scarlet rope. I'm sure the uh, spies didn't really understand what was going on, but we do know that that is the blood. Okay. Forty years previous, when they first started doing the rehearsal of the Passover, the same thing was going on before the children of Israel left Egypt, before they left the world. The blood was applied, the lamb's blood was applied to the top, the lentil, and to the doorpost, but not on the ground because we never trample on God's blood, the precious blood. It was a sign. And that all the people who stayed inside that house, every single one of them, okay, 40 years ago when they first did the first Passover, the angel of destruction passed over them. God saw the blood. Not because of how good they were. Not because of anything, how bad they were or anything. He saw the blood. And it satisfied him and he passed over. The ones who did not have the blood on the other houses lost their firstborn. Destruction came. And so we see here the same thing that almost a parallel to what happened in the Passover. The spy said to Rahab, everyone inside your household, your mom, your dad, your sisters, your brother, and all their family need to remain inside the house while this is going on. Because Jericho is under judgment. And no one's going to be spared. So they had to remain just like inside the house during the Passover. They had to stay inside. They had to obey. And sometimes I think we get the beliefs, and I know sometimes I struggle with my own feelings too, that if I just do something a little bit better, God's going to accept me just a little bit better. Or if I'm in a foul mood or maybe a little bit depressed, I'm far away from God. And that means I'm far away from God. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that allows us and gives us that boldness to come before his throne. It takes away our sin. It doesn't cover it up. It takes it away completely. God looks at his son's blood and he is satisfied. The father is satisfied with the sacrifice of his son. Nothing else will satisfy him. Not your feelings or your good works. Those do come later through faith. Okay? But this initial thing of salvation, which Rahab and her family were going through right now, okay, it has to start with the blood. Always. It cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Forever. All right. <clears throat> One of the other things that kind of struck me, too, 
and it's, it's a little bit heavy, so just bear with me, was that that same story where Rahab recounted 40 years ago about the children of Israel leaving Egypt, a type of the world, as they were being saved, going through the Red Sea, a type of baptism. What it did to them, the men and the other people in Jericho, is it made them faint-hearted. It took their courage completely away, and they had no strength left. And I guess part of my question is, like, why didn't they at least try to believe or leave if they were that terrified? And we were up here, I love that song, I think it's a Chris Tomlin song, isn't it, honey? Thank you, okay, it's Chris Tomlin. Um, you know, about God's mercies and His grace. I mean, it's, it's incredible what He did at the cross. But, and He is the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. There's another side of that, though, guys. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And when he comes back, he is coming back to judge those who do not believe, those who have not followed the gospel. He is the judge as well. And that judgment, which was pronounced over 400 years ago when God was speaking with Abraham, the father of the Jews, our father in the faith, he said their sins had not reached that point yet. Have not reached that point yet, but now the bill has come due and the judgment of God is coming. And thank God for those of us who do believe, we have passed beyond that. Okay? God does still judge. He does. But He loves us. He can't leave things the way they are in our lives. He is always moving us from faith to faith. Glory to glory. We are not to remain the same. You know? And part of the the work of the blood, the sprinkling of the blood on our hearts, which cleanses us from an evil conscience, only the blood can do that. Because some of our consciences are constantly accusing us of things we did in the past, or how we feel, or how we should be doing this or that, and we just kind of get in this this mode. Vain imaginations. His blood cleanses our heart and gives us a good conscience. Amen. So, Rahab's story doesn't end there. It goes on. And you guys know the story, how later the walls of Jericho did come down. And what was it that Joshua and the spies and the other armies of Israel saw? They saw the scarlet. They saw the blood. And he said, go in there. Get her family. Keep the promise that you made. And bring her here. And she and her family became part of Israel. Rahab, an outsider, someone doomed to death and destruction, not only because she was a Canaanite and their time had come, she was a prostitute. She sold her body for sex. 
she became part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. She married into the family. She put aside her old deeds and she believed that the change was already beginning. A couple generations later, she's like the great-great-grandmother, I believe, of King David. And then later, a thousand years later, the same lineage, Jesus the Messiah. And that speaks to us as Gentile believers. We were grafted in. We had no idea really too much about God. Some of us may have been atheists. You know, some of us just plain old born-again pagans. Running in the woods, naked, painting your butts blue. Worshipping demons. That was the state of the world, a lot of it, guys. But he called us. He called us to himself to make a people set apart for his purposes. Not of our strength, not of our wisdom, not of any of that thing so that no man or woman could ever boast. But of his great gift, he gave his son to us to make us a kingdom of priests and kings. To rule with his son. So now... Today, you know, I was talking to Becky. He's just like, there may be some people who are on the run from God. Don't. Stop your running. Turn back. Some of you might not even believe. He's like, what is this guy talking about? I believe in faith by just preaching about the gospel, which is in the Old Testament too, guys. It was hidden, but it's there. Okay, for you guys who have ears to hear, hear it. Okay, that God will activate that little tiny mustard seed that comes from heaven, that comes from heaven, it doesn't come from the earth. It's not a wisdom of this age. They would never understand it. But that you would grasp a hold of what God has called you to. Okay? He loves you. He is coming back. He's coming back as the lion. He is. So, during the season, I love what John's doing, Mr. Gibson, with the every Monday night prayer and repentance. Um, there's a lot of ideas on repentance. And repentance, change your mind, metanoia, change the direction you're walking in. Whatever you're doing that you shouldn't be doing, the Holy Spirit will let you know. The enemy will tell you 20 things that are wrong with you. And 44 sins that you haven't confessed yet to get you going around in the washing machine. You never know what's going on. The Holy Spirit will point out one thing at one time to you. Here's what you did, and here's what you do to fix it. Amen. One thing at a time. The enemy comes in like a flood because he wants us to be like these people they were in the old times, losing their strength. They had no courage left because the judgment of God come, but we have passed beyond that because of his blood. So, during this time, as this year begins to wrap up and people are going back to school, we enter this new season. Don't be afraid of the things that are going on around us. As it looks like a lot of this world, and our country in particular, is having a very difficult time. Okay? Continue as Pastor John has said to love one another. Not just in words, but in deeds. Help those who need help. 
Rescue those who need rescuing. Okay? The time is growing short. It is. Don't let it freak you out so you don't do anything. You just sit there. Let that faith activate in your heart. Pray to God for wisdom that we might redeem the time and the time that we have squandered. Each one of us has wasted time. But God can redeem every minute of those things. Okay, And what we couldn't do in a thousand years, he can do in one day. That is the way he works. Believe it. So, um, that is how I'm going to end it. And Rahab, just like us, is now part of the family of believers in God. She's up there. She's waiting. (laughs) That great cloud of witnesses. It's real, guys. They're cheering us on. They're so excited about what we're having to walk through right now. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose that courage and that confidence which comes from the Lord. Continue to come together as believers. Not forsaking the the fellowship in this community or wherever you're going. Amen? All right. And as John would say, love one another. Love you guys.